headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show. This is where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality. My daughter is my co-host today. As we take your questions about your life and your money, the phone number, 888-825-5225. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Dan starts off this hour in Tampa. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call, Rachel. Nice to hear from you as well. Um, wanted to give a call today. My wife and I, um, we got married last year and, um, recently we've saved up enough money to purchase our first home. Um, currently we have saved, um, more than 5% and even 20% down for a home. So Mm -hmm. my biggest question today is, is it a good idea to start and maybe do five or 10% to start as you know, the world is in a very interesting place. And also, is it still a good time to buy a house? I know that you mentioned back in June or July that then was the best time to buy a house. Um, And so I want to make sure I'm a good husband and a good steward of my money. And I would just love some feedback and wisdom on that. Dan, you're such a good guy. Just so mature. I just just appreciate the thoughtfulness already. Um, You know, when it comes to, to buying a home overall, kind of the principle that I always say is, to make sure that you're the one that's ready to buy the home and it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. what the market is doing, right? It could be a great market and you could be broke and it would be devastating for you. Or it could not be a great market, but you financially have the money that you're able to jump in and you're like, you know, why not? Let's just do it, right? So like there's where you are, Dan, financially is the most important thing. And so everything that you've laid Mm -hmm. out so far, I'm assuming you have no debts and an emergency fund on top of the down payment. Is that correct? Um, so with it, we do have a $5,000 car payment. It's like $75 per month with okay. 2% interest. So that's the only thing currently. How much um, do you have in savings? No debt. How much do you have in savings? In savings? Is that with like my everything or everything? Oh, uh, we're talking probably over 110. Write a check today and pay off your car. Okay. Okay. Now you're debt free. Because you don't qualify to buy a house until then under Ramsey rules, okay? Because <laughs> we don't want broke people yeah. buying houses because when broke people buy houses, it makes them broker. And when you got a car payment, For you're sure. broke people, okay? So now you are now you don't have a car payment anymore. We just got rid of that. We need to allocate three to six months of expenses of your money to the side for your rainy day fund, okay? That's all set. Okay. In, six months. And then in addition to those two things, the 5000 and the six months, how much do you have to put down in a house after I took 5,000 so of your dollars? So what, I mean, taking out of, say it was 110, we'd be at 105. My biggest question. No, is, no, no. How much I'd is the, how much of that's the emergency fund? Oh, the emergency funds about 30 grand of that 100. Yes. Okay. So now we have 70. 75. Yep. Okay. That's what we've got to work with. $75,000. Great. Now, what's your household income? Uh, household income annually uh, before taxes is 180. Okay, way to go. What do y'all do? Uh, I am an account executive for a construction software company, and my wife works uh, as a customer success manager for a um, CRM company. Well, you guys are just like a power couple, man. Look at you. Way to go. <laughs> good money, good Thank stuff. You. You're doing the smart things. Way to go. Way to go. 
So, uh, yeah, then you start looking and saying, yes, I'm going to buy a home. Now, if you think that the world is so topsy-turvy that you need to hoard cash, then you don't need to buy a house. So you need to put $75,000 down on a house, smile, get you a nice house, 15-year fixed where the payment's no more than a fourth of your take-home pay. And if you're not willing to plunk the 75000 down on that house, don't buy a house. Okay. Because it tells me so that you think the world's too crazy to be a homeowner. Well, and the and the interest rates well, are higher, right, Dan? Then and that's what a lot of people are looking at as they are either first time home buyers or buying. And so they're like, oh my gosh, the interest rates. But here's the deal: you can refinance when the rates drop, which they will eventually. They're not going to stay this high forever, so right. you you can always refinance. Yeah. So put the seventy five sure. down. The rate, marry the home, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so my question is on that is. Um, to be completely frank, we're in our due diligence period. We've put an offer in on a house. It's been accepted. We've negotiated. Um, it is in Georgia. Tampa has been a great time, but it's just gotten very, very expensive um, and just due to community as well. But I'm necessarily not scared of the market, um, but I, I have people in my family that are very skeptical and thinking that I'm making a larger mistake, and I don't want you know. Well, that's, that's, that's sweet, but they don't get a vote. Dish- yeah. Yeah, that, that's called yeah. being like a grown-up and married, you make your own decisions stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sweet sure. that people have an opinion about your life. They love you. And, and, and how old are you, that's Dan? Precious. How old are you? I'm 24. Okay, so listen, Dan, this could be, like, kind of like Dave is saying, I'll say it in a nicer way, that your first decision that you're going to make that people in your life are like, ooh, that you're not being wise. So automatically, Dan, yeah, 24, mm. you haven't had the life experience and the years and the muscle to built to be able to stand really securely to say, no, 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 no. I've done the math. This is what we believe. And we're going to go forward, right? This is the first pushback. So it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to question yourself. The first time your parents do question you as an adult, you're thinking, oh gosh, am I making a bad mistake? Right? So getting wisdom from people and all of that, I think is, is great. But what you have to understand is you've done the work, you've run the numbers, you're working a plan that you believe and that we teach here at Ramsey that millions of people have done and they've been okay and they've won with money. So you're not doing anything crazy or that's going to, you know, that, that, that that's somehow going to sink you financially. So all I'd say, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but once you go against what your parents think over and over and have your own opinions over and over, it gets easier, right, Dave? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> the grown child it gets easier Dan. the grown child that had never had any issue voicing her opinion <laughs> since she was four so there we go okay oh <laughs> uh, you're gonna be but fine dad it, it may have you. something to do with your mama don't want you to move to georgia too it could you know that could come up into it so um and we're going to use the economy as an excuse to keep you around in case you make a grandbaby so um there's all kinds of stuff can weave into these things. So what you've got to do is do exercise the muscle muscle of being kind to those who care about you, but don't get a vote. And it's just like, that's sweet. That's precious. Thank you for your input. Um, and we're going to go do whatever the flip we want to do anyway. Uh, so Sharon and I do a pretty good job uh, as uh, parents and in-laws uh, yes, of you not do. voicing our opinion unless we're asked. Now, if you ask... Well, now you done opened the door, kind of like when you call the show, right? But uh, <laughs> but if you don't ask, I just got to stand back and watch you and grin and go, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> <laughs>
Which has happened a time or two. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it may not leave a mark. I might be wrong. But I don't, we just don't interfere unless we're at it. We don't, matter of fact, we don't do that with anybody, with our friends. I had a friend the other day, stupid. He pulled up my driveway and showed me his new lease car. And I'm like, you know, well, that's nice. It's a nice car. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Hey, we've got an Entree Leadership Theme Hour coming up, and what that means is we'll be answering your small business questions. What's your current pain point with your business, your team, managing the finances, marketing questions? Oh, there's all kinds of things going on in business these days. It's a complicated little world out there. So send your questions to ask at RamseySolutions.com, Entree Theme Hour, ask at RamseySolutions.com. February 13th, I have taken over the Entree Leadership Podcast, where I answer your, I, we changed the format, I'm going to be answering your business questions, callers calling in on the podcast, and so if you want to participate in that, just check out the Entree Leadership Podcast. Uh, again, the February 13th version will begin with me answering your questions. I'm having a blast doing those. Uh, and so basically it's a, a, a small business theme hour, uh, once a week on entree podcast with me answering the questions. So in addition to the one we're going to be doing here on the Ramsey show, so they're everywhere, they're everywhere. <laughs> so be sure and jump in with us. Ask at, if you want to do any question for that matter, if you want to just email us in, the team will get back to you. We'll try to get you on the air here or on entree, wherever you need to be on Deloney show. You can, we can get you there, man. I'm telling you ask at RamseySolutions.com especially for an entree leadership theme hour. That's what the big push there is. So thanks for joining us. Natasha's in Canada. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, well, first off, I want to say thank you for giving a soon to be single mom some hope. Mm. Um, I thought I was going to be screwed, but now I'm not. So I, my question is about investing. Um, I'm in Canada and I'm brand new to this, uh, brand new to your methods. And I've, everything that I've looked at online has everything to do with investing in the States. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if it translates to Canada as well. 
Well, fairly similarly, as far as the investing part, the principles are common sense and biblical principles. So getting out of debt, that translates anywhere, right? Um, Living on less than you make, that translates anywhere. You've got to do those types of things everywhere, regardless. Now, as far as using the Ramsey baby steps, uh, you you know, as you said, you can find out about those online, a lot of different ways to get that, and there's seven baby steps. And walking up through the majority of those will work anywhere until you get to the investing part, and then you've got to use you know, we're talking about in the states, 401ks and Roth IRAs, which doesn't apply in, uh, you know, in England, in Australia, we've got a lot of listeners there. Uh, and certainly in Canada, we've got a ton of listeners So and viewers. So anyway, to answer your question, once you get there, you, you know, baby step one's a thousand dollars, two is your emergency fund, three is an, uh, or two is be debt free, except your home. Three is a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. Baby step four is 15% of your income going into retirement. Five is start saving for kids college. Uh, six would be pay off your home early. Those would stay in place. Then how you would do 15% of your income into retirement. You've got a Canadian retirement program, correct? Yes, but sorry, I guess I should clarify. The question is more so finding the, who to invest with. Like, I know if I go to my bank, it's different than going, because you have your SmartVestor pros, right. but I can't find any SmartVestor pros in Canada there's because not you have any. to put in the zip code. Yeah, there's not yeah. any. Uh, there's, because, okay. because of regulations, uh, Canadian, Canadian regs are completely different than America. So uh, we're not able to do an endorsement of financial, uh, of stockbrokers, uh, so to speak, uh, at investment advisors in Canada. But here's what the principle you would use. You're looking for someone with the heart of a teacher. Yeah. So Natasha sitting down with someone in this industry, I would say like any, any industry in life, you're going to have people that are kind, that are patients, that are willing to help you in your situation, willing to teach you. And you're going to feel that sitting down with that type of person, or you're going to sit down and feel gross. And the person is slimy and you're like i don't have a good feeling about this so trust your guts because they're arrogant yeah so you want to be sitting down and hiring someone who again has a heart of a teacher so it's it's really feeling the spirit off of them and hey are they willing to walk with me and teach me and that's the kind of person that you want to work with not someone who is intimidating that you're scared to ask questions and that just feels gross you know those kind of people natasha we all have that you have that gut check where you're like oh i don't this doesn't feel right just listen to that. So inter- yeah. so go, I would interview, ask around even for, you know, your friends and family and just say, hey, do you guys use anyone that you trust, that you love? Interview maybe three to four different people and just kind of get a feel for what they're like, how they're explaining things to you, and then choose someone. Because I would, I, I would really recommend, yeah, having someone on your side who does this day in and day out. I think that's really, really important. But the big mistake with things that are intimidating or that we don't understand is to just turn it over to someone blindly and say, well, I've got me a guy. And this is how people lose all their money. All right. Okay. And so uh, you're responsible for your money, not the guy. He's responsible yeah, to teach you, or gal. He or she is responsible to teach you so you can make decisions. If they do not have the heart of a teacher, they will instead have the heart of a salesman, and there'll be a level of arrogance. There'll be a transactional feel rather than a relational feel to the meeting, to Rachel's point, and uh, you run out of there, and you get your different one. Natasha, are you at that point for investing? Do you have any debt debt savings? 
I will be within the next few months. Um, okay. We're looking at, call, like, I'm looking at moving out in within about five months kind of thing. And at that point, I should be able to organize everything so that I can start off. Okay. And are you, because um, at the beginning of the call, you said you were a single mom. Is, is that a more recent thing in your life? It's going to be, yes. So it I will be. told my common law partner of 13 years at Christmas, that, or just after Christmas, that I was done mm. trying to fight and... Wow! But at the end of the kids' school year, that we were going to go our separate ways. Wow, I'm Natasha, sorry. I'm so sorry. And you know what, Natasha, it, it would be okay to pause. You know, don't make a huge financial decision uh, in the midst of now, cleaning this up. Grief cleaning up your debt will give you stability. You don't need to pause that. But pausing the investing decisions, yeah, don't feel like you have to rush you, into that. You really part of recovering from a relationship uh, split up is to get your confidence back. I'm working on that now. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. make sure you got that back because that melds into the advice we just gave you. Because, um, yeah. you know, I, like a few years ago, I had this lawyer that was working for me um, as a lawyer, not on my staff, but decided he was going to tell me how we were going to do stuff. And I went, no, man, you're confused. I write you checks. I tell you stuff. You don't tell me stuff. Arrogant twerp. Mm-hmm. And so I had plenty of confidence to run him off. Because he decided he was going to be, you know, I'm supposed to do what he says because he's got a law degree, which means absolutely nothing. And so I do want to learn from him about the law and about the situation, and then I'll make the decision, but you're not going to dictate to me because I'm confident in that. And you need to be in that kind of a position, not arrogant, but confident that, you know, confidence in yourself. And I trust my own instincts and i'm going to learn from this person and then i'll make the decision based on the knowledge transfer and that's their job and if they can't do their job you need a different one yeah for sure so yeah natasha i would um pay off the debt get some savings in place and and again one year of not investing or not a big six deal. months you're you're fine I, I would deal. really just be patient with it because you're you're going through i mean there's going to be there's gonna be a lot that you're about to walk through and it's really hard, really, really hard after 13 years. And if you guys have kids together, I mean, it's just, um, it's hard. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. So don't feel like you have to rush into something like investing, but I, I am kudos to you though, that you're researching and figuring out a plan and, you know, getting to this point that you're like, okay, I'm going to be doing this. So, um, so that, that's, that's amazing. If you're a new listener or a new viewer, like she is, Hey, listen, if you go to RamseySolutions.com, you can click the get started button, get started button, and it'll help you get to the next step in your financial journey. It'll show you what those baby steps are. We're talking about some of this lingo we throw around here on the show is all over the place. It's kind of inside baseball almost. So you can start to learn the lingo of the stuff we're talking about. The get started button. It's completely free. It's an assessment that'll tell you where you are and then what your next steps are. And we'll help you. We're going to walk with you. It's what we do. Completely free. RamseySolutions.com. Click the Get Started button. And if you're right where she is, then you'll get to move on to the next step or be prepared to move to the next step. This is The Ramsey Show.
Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today, number one best-selling author. Paul is with us. Paul's in Washington, D.C. Hey, Paul. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, I have a question. I've been saving for college expenses with a 529, Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a position where I'm ready to use it. My daughter's in college uh, but it's losing value or it's been losing value based on the last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if I should kind of ride this out before withdrawing from 529 or how would you pay for it? Withdraw? I'm sorry. How would you pay for college? So I'm in a fortunate position that I could actually pay. So I, I have my emergency fund that I could pay the cash and then kind of ride it out to see how the year plays out. An emergency fund? Yeah, so I, I have savings, you know. Well, no, I mean, there's a difference in savings and emergency fund. Your emergency fund is three to six months of expenses. Anything beyond that is just liquid cash. We could use that, but I'm not touching your actual emergency fund. Okay. Not I an emergency. Cash. Not an emergency. You got some extra cash beyond your emergency fund, I think. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. You're sitting on a pile of money. How much money is in this pile? I wouldn't say it's a, a pile, but yeah. How much money? 60, how much? 60. 60,000. 60, okay. How much of that is your emergency fund? Uh, 42,000. Okay. So we got 18,000. We can play and give the market a little bit of time to heal. Yep. So that's probably not a whole year of college. How much, um, how much is a semester, well, Paul? Semester's running. Oh, I'm fortunate that I have uh, grants, um, so it's around nine thousand a semester. Okay, so that'd be two semesters of tuition only. Is she living at home? No. Okay, then it's one semester of money. Eighteen thousand is going to be gone in one semester. Right. Am I missing something? With nine thousand of living expenses, you think? Well, I mean, it, you don't have enough to make it two semesters. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, so you're gonna, you know, after. You, you, you get, to, de- you get five- to delay touching your 529, $18,000 worth, whatever that is, right? So, right. yes, I would do that. But, no, I would not touch your emergency fund. No, I would not take out a student loan to time the market. Gotcha. How much is in the 529? Uh, the 529 has 58000 in it. 58000 And how are you paying for the rest of school? Yep. Uh, that's That's what I'm working on. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saving for it. Okay. What's your household income, sir? Uh, it's about 210000 a year. Okay. You'll make it. Yeah. You're going to make it. You'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you if you got 58000 in the 529, that means in actual cash, you did not lose much because the market's not down but about 10%. Right. So, I mean, you lost like five grand or something. It's not like. This. I know. I'm kind of tempted. I mean, I would be curious what you'd say just to go ahead and use. I mean, the 529's there. Well, I would. I would call I don't it. mind waiting eighteen thousand dollars worth though. And let the market. You heal. would just take all that ca- all his cash that down to an emergency fund. Sure, sure. He's going to use it anyway. Eventually, but between plus now, plus eighteen is not enough to go to college. I know, but I'm just thinking between now and twelve months, if he needs that cash for replace a car or the, you know what I mean, they're well, doing other stuff. Well, then you're not going to have it for college. I mean, it, it that money's going to college. This kid's going to school, so yeah, that money's gone. It's earmarked. Uh, you just hadn't realized it until this conversation. Right, so, right, right. Uh, you don't get to buy a car if your kid's going to college. You're going to be driving that car because you're going to need that money 
18 plus yeah, 58 I know. plus cash flow and the rest of his income is barely going to, you can do it, but there's no squeeze room here. Yeah. So uh, you're doing a good job. Let me tell you, Paul, you are like 98% ahead of everybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because most people talk about stuff and do nothing. And you have done something. You have saved money. You have a 529. Lots of good, positive things going on there. Very, very, very well done. Very well done. I'm proud of you. So good stuff. Thanks for letting us work, work through that with you. Uh, by the way, folks, the uh, Biden administration has signed the Secure Act 2.0. Two issues in there that are pretty cool about student loans. If you have an overfunded, not Paul's problem, an overfunded 529 and you don't use it all for school, 15 years later, you're now allowed to roll it to a Roth IRA with no penalties. And so uh, if the kid could, not the parent, because it's not in the parent's name, it's in the kid's name. So if his daughter had 158000 in that 529 and there's 40000 left over after she graduates, used to be kind of stuck in there. Now they're going to allow you after 15 years, she can roll it. That's a really nice feature yeah. that the Biden administration and the Congress got through. I, I'm a, I make fun of both of them ad infinitum, uh, but I'll just but I'll, great t- job. I'll tip my hat to both of them. I don't know who came up with the idea, but Biden signed it. So we'll give everybody a little credit up there. That was actually good work. Uh, to encourage that. The second thing is now employers can uh, put up to $3,000 into your 401k matching your student loan payments. So if you pay down through your student loans by $3,000, your employer now can add a benefit to their benefits package and put up to $3,000 into your 401k. Now that $3,000 is not going to change your life. That's more every yearly, every year, annually, once a year. Yeah. But we're not going to wait around and do this and we're not going to uh, keep the student loan in order to get that jeez, no, <laughs> that's the problem with stuff like this I know, all the I unintended know. consequences but just some sidebar with what paul's talking about there so good job paul well done proud of you my man andrew's in atlanta what's up andrew hey dave uh thanks for taking my call yeah so my, my wife and i we recently bought a house last year um we're currently on baby step six already so we're, we're feeling really good about that um good. you helped us get get here which is, is great um but we've we've kind of had some as as what happens when you buy a new house, we have lots of maintenance for things that have come up. Um, unfortunately, they weren't like, covered in the original like, purchasing agreement, so we kind of have to pay it out of pocket. And um, we're at the point where we're having to start like, dipping into our emergency fund or delaying some of the repairs, in this case, uh, a leaking roof. And I know that my, my wife's really hesitant about ever dipping into our emergency fund, so I'd love to kind I of like your wife. your input. <laughs> I'd love to get your input on like, you know, when, when is it okay to, to kind of dip into that emergency fund? If it means that, you know, we can kind of fix the leaks right now, we have a tarp on the roof and, um, I know she just, it's her last resort, you know, yeah. uh, how much is in the emergency fund? About $36,000. 36. How much would the roof be? Uh, the roof would be about um, $10,000, but we have about $4,000 set aside to cover um, that we've been able to kind of put together in the last month or so. So you would take six out of the emergency fund? That's correct. And yeah. that would be worst case. We're getting other... Um, Your household income is what? Six, about $250,000 a year. And so you could pay for the roof next month? Um, we could, but we also have like the mortgage payment and that would kind of... I, I guess we we could we totally no, I mean, could. So one of the other things, that, dude, you make twenty thousand yeah, dollars a month. <laughs> one of the things that we do is we kind of have the next couple months planned out ahead of expenses, and that's. Part I'm of, sorry, your plan changed. Your roof leaked. 
Right. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I know that like, you know, we kind of have these money set aside for this purpose and, and, you know, we don't really want to touch it, but at some point, like, you know, that's what that money's for. No, no, not if you can cash flow it. Um, okay. You know, it's an emergency if you can't cover it any other way. And so, mm-hmm. cause here's the thing. Okay. Let's say you did the roof this month four mm-hmm. and six out of the emergency fund. You know what you got to do in the next two months? Go out to eat a lot Put less. the emergency fund back. Right. right. So it's exactly. kind of like you got to do it next month anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just swapping That's dollars fair. from the right pocket to the left pocket because it's just such a short time frame. You're either going right. to put the money back in the emergency fund next month or you're going to do the roof next month. Still, right. your little sense. plan that you had laid out screwed because the roof leaked. <laughs> either way, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry your roof leaked. I really am. I've been through that. It's no fun. So I, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Whenever you can get the best deal and get the roofer lined up and get everything done. And make sure the leak isn't causing other damage. I mean, this yeah. may be well, more urgent. has got tarp on it. I mean, yeah. that, that makes the HOA happy because everybody just loves the blue tarp look. Makes everybody. The neighborhood's going up. I mean, we're, we got the blue tarps in the neighborhood now, so. Trying to stay out of the emergency fund, This neighborhood's happy. Trying to stay out of the emergency $250,000 a year and I got a blue tarp. This is the Ramsey Show. day you know winston and i do we celebrate on the 13th because that's when we got engaged and oh. we skip all the hysteria of the 14th so well you can get a you can get a restaurant reservation too. i know and it's not like a set menu and all that yeah, yeah you get yeah. you get around it get around it but uh i know a lot of people out there you guys celebrate valentine's day you know the the holiday of love and it's more important than ever to focus on your relationships the relationships in your life specifically if you're married. So when it comes to Valentine's Day, we are all about deepening your relationships. And we have a great way to do that with Questions for Humans, which is a conversation card by Dr. John Deloney. So this is for parents and kids. This is for couples, the workplace, friends, or the dating scene. So every question will have you laughing together, learning something unexpected, and building deeper and stronger relationships. So don't just get chocolate and a card and all the stereotypical stuff. You know, get something that you actually will learn about the people in your life that you love. So make sure to check out Questions for Humans at RamseySolutions.com slash humans. Now, the first two and a half weeks of February at our house, my wife, Sharon, it's Sharon Palooza. That's uh, right. Because our first date was February 6th. Her birthday's the 8th. And Valentine's Day is the 14th. So it's just like, it just keeps, the, the hits, they just keep on coming. Just keep on just coming. So we just set aside the first two weeks. It's all about her. Of February. So, as if it's not all sure. about her to start with. But um, anyway. All right, let's go to Travis in Austin, Texas. Hey, Travis, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Mr. Ramsey. How are you? Better than I deserve, sir. What's up? So over the course of the last five years, I've really kind of gotten my financial um house in order and i've put together what i feel is you know a a pretty good amount of money and 
I've been a long-time listener. I'm a first-time caller, and I haven't paid off my house. How much money? And I have... What was that? How much money? Um, My total net worth is... It's probably about eight hundred and fifty grand. If you you said I put together a pretty good right. amount of money. Well, how much of that eight fifty is money? Five hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand. Okay, and how much of that's in retirement? Two hundred and sixty thousand. Okay, so you got like three or four, you got three or four hundred thousand non retirement laying around. You owe what on your house? $235,000. Okay. She got the cash to pay it off without touching retirement. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Okay. So what's your question? Well, I, I'm in the middle of, uh, I'm thinking about moving away from my house and getting another house um, because of, uh, I want my kids in a different school. And so, you know, do I go pay off this house, rent it out, buy another one? Because I have the cash to do both. And, and I'm just kind of paralyzed because, uh, I grew up poor, mm-hmm. so cash is kind of king, right? You you have it in the bank, and it looks really nice, but it's not really doing anything for me. Good point. And it's a scary it's a scary thing to go from you not not house broke, but all of a sudden all your money's in the house, right? illiquid, and it's not yeah. sitting in the bank account. Yeah, illiquid. Exactly. You can't get to it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so there's some comfort from being able to lay your hands on it. I don't disagree with that. I understand that. So here's the thing. You're going to move. Yes. Okay. We're going to pay cash for that house. Can we agree with that much? For the house that I'm going to move into? Yeah, you want your home home paid for. Yeah. Enough of this. Okay. So your home's paid for now. Now, then the only question is the rest of the money. Do we want it tied up in a rental property or do we want to put it in mutual funds? Yes, sir. Which one? Rental property or mutual funds? I would tie it up in rental property. But you can't get to it as easy as you can in a mutual fund. Yes, sir. I I think because of my job situation, I'm not as concerned about needing it immediately. Um, It's a different conversation. Who's the guy I was talking to a few minutes ago? (laughs) Well, I think you can understand this. It feels good when you can look at your phone and you know how much money is in your bank. I don't disagree with you. That's why I'm asking (laughs) you these questions. I'm just helping you. Walk through it. So if I'm in your shoes, right. I'm paying cash for my personal residence, and then the extra money is either going to be invested in real estate that's paid for with no mortgage, or it's going to be invested in mutual funds. This is what we teach. You know that. You've been listening to us. Yes, sir. Travis, I know okay. you said you want to move. And either one's okay. Yeah, and you want to move houses because you want a better school system for your kids. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. So, are you, so with that when you're looking at the new area that you're moving to is all of this, does that sound reasonable to sell the house you're in, take the cash you have and buy a house? Yeah. No. Um, so because of where I'm at, I'm outside of Austin and the real estate market here has just been great for forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I owe 235 on my house. My, I could probably sell my house because I've renovated it for 500,000 mm-hmm. and or more. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, if I pay off that, I can rent that out and I can apply that to a new house, still mm-hmm. afford a conventional loan, nope. and then put the money from that into the new house. Nope. Nope. No? Nope. It may- Listen, if your new home was paid for and you didn't own any rental property, would you go borrow a mortgage on it to buy a rental property? No. No. Same thing. 
taking out a mortgage right. to keep from getting rid of the one that's paid for. Right. Nope. And Travis, you're, play, you're playing the, the, the math game. And, and I hear that, right? We hear this all the time. I could do this and that and swap that and that. But, but what you're wanting, and especially what you said a few minutes ago about how I grew up and I just want cash in the bank, you want this level of security, Travis. And I'm telling you, when you have no debt, when you have no debt on your home, and there is there's no payments in the world, that freedom, that autonomy, that level of relaxing in your spirit is something that you're looking for. And I think that yes. that's going to give you a deeper level of satisfaction than trying to play this rental property game of taking a mortgage, you know, keeping this house, getting a mortgage on the new. I mean, you're, you're shuffling around, which mathematically, again, this is what the financial world, we, we hear this all the time and, and I get it, right? You look at it on paper, but what you're missing is this underlying piece of having deep, deep peace when it comes to your money. And I think you're going to feel a level of freedom when you have no payments that you're going to make different decisions. Better so decisions. I, I think I think I messed up the numbers early in the conversation there, uh, Travis. I thought I understood you could pay for both houses in cash, and I don't think you can. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, uh, not with not with my wife, I can't. <laughs> not the house that she wants. No. Oh, um, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it, yeah, that mean, that yeah. means that means the house that you're that you're living in is going to be sold. Okay. Yes, sir. And okay. I, I took that out of the conversation. Yeah. And okay, I misunderstood. The, but other, you don't get the option of the real estate versus mutual fund. You're selling the house that you're in. You're going to pay cash with the proceeds from that house and the cash you have in the bank for the new house. And what Rachel's saying then is going to kick in because the borrower is slave to the lender. And when you are free of masters in your life, and the only master in your life is Jesus, then you don't have the stress you don't have the and, and hey dude you make a lot of money and you've done really good mm-hmm. you're really smart and so what'll happen is without a payment in the world you're going to pile up money so fast that you're going to have great investments going again and maybe even go pay cash for a rental later but for now let's get into the personal residence that sets your family up you've worked hard for that pay cash for it by selling the other house and combining the free non-retirement cash with that to get there. And you can do that. And then let's use that increased cash flow and increased peace at home with your wife. Your kid is in the school system. What a great dad. Mm-hmm. And what a great provider. You've just, you're just manning up in a culture that's completely forgotten how to do that. So proud of you. So good, good man. And that, that's the route you go. And then without a house payment and with your income, you're going to have another million dollars so fast, it's going to be blinding to you. You're going to look back and go, I can't believe I was worried about that. <laughs> because that's the way it's going to go down. I really, it's the way it's going to go down. Great and job, Travis. Way to go, Travis. But please go that route. Don't try to do too many things at once. Let's take a step at a time, step at a time. Be the tortoise, don't be the hare. This is The Ramsey Show. it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the get started button. 
We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.